Guy Carumba. Athletes, police, and warriors hate having the sun in their eyes but at an opponent's back. It turns out the sun can blind you and aid your enemy even in invisible wavelengths. The Allies worried about that in World War II. Previously fairly safe from invasion because of the English Channel, Great Britain became more vulnerable in the early 1900s. German dirigibles maneuvered just as easily in the air over land and sea, and they dropped bombs on Britain in World War I. German airplanes did it faster and more frequently in World War II. For a heads-up about incoming bombers, the British took up some ideas with German roots older than both wars. Heinrich Hertz, who studied radio waves in the 1880s, discovered they bounced off some objects. Another German, Christian Holzmeier, developed a device called the telemobiloscope in 1904. When a ship came close to another ship, the radio signal that reflected back triggered a bell ringer. Holzmeier hoped to end foggy weather shipping accidents, but for some reason, shipping companies weren't interested. About 1916, Scottish-born meteorologist Robert Watson Watt had the idea of using radio to detect distant thunderstorms so airplane pilots could avoid them. Lightning was already known to be a natural source of radio waves. Watson Watt used a directional antenna to determine which direction the lightning strike radio waves were coming from. It took three or more people using these lightning detectors at different locations and communicating their findings to triangulate approximately where a thunderstorm was. Using that era's technology, it was just as easy, maybe easier, for pilots to go up and look for the thunderstorms themselves. American physicist Carl Jansky discovered another natural radio source in 1932. While studying interference on shortwave voice transmissions, he found a particular noise source showed up once a day. Scientists suspected the sun produced radio waves, but no one had been able to detect them. This noise source wasn't showing up at exactly 24-hour intervals. Jansky measured it at 23 hours, 56 minutes. That's a sidereal day, how long it takes for the stars to get back to where they were. The radio noise was coming from the middle of the Milky Way galaxy. Practical use of radio reflections became serious business in the 1930s when the Nazis became a formidable enemy. Watson Watt got the job of developing a way to spot enemy planes. He successfully detected radio reflections off aircraft 200 miles away. The system for radio detection and ranging was shortened to the acronym RADAR. In February 1942, English physicist James Stanley Hay looked into some unusual interference with radar signals at 50 to 75 megahertz. The Nazis had learned about radar and generated their own radio signals to jam it, but the interference Hay studied was stronger and happened once a day, and it wasn't coming from a distant star every 23 hours, 56 minutes. It had a 24-hour period. Finally, someone had detected radio waves from the sun, but nobody announced the discovery publicly right away. The knowledge that the sun emits radio waves stayed secret during the war. The Allies didn't want the Axis evading radar by simply flying in when the sun was behind its planes. If you have satellite TV and experience solar outages in the spring and fall, you can appreciate the problem. The satellite receiver has a hard time distinguishing the TV signal 
from the sun's emissions, and you can't watch anything for a few minutes while the sun passes behind the satellite. A radar operator in the war wouldn't have easily spotted enemy aircraft amid the radio splatter from the sun, either. Eventually, radar became valuable not only for locating aircraft, but also for tracking severe storms. That happened because radar operators detecting enemy planes during World War II noticed that rainfall made their signals noisy. Raindrops also reflect radio waves. That turned out to be a better way of detecting storms than Watson Watt had tried, although meteorologists today also use lightning detectors to know more about what's happening in storms. And astronomers today use radio telescopes to get a truly broad-spectrum view of the universe. Some things show up in radio frequencies much better than in visible light. Pulsars and quasars are examples. Sky Karumba.